about to make a song called Tidal Wave. Should I do it right now? I bet. Shoot your shot. Bought on live, bought on live. Bought on live, bought on live. Shoot your shot. Bought on live, bought on live. This shoot your shot. Yeah. Never has. I like it a lot. Yeah. I got the rock in my hand, bitch. So we got a shot. They don't speak my language. We don't gotta talk. We've been gone for days and they don't gotta stop. Like it a lot, like it a lot. Show your shot. space. Today we have a, an interesting dynamic for our show, guys. Back to business. Hey, how are you? Yeah. Hey, how are you? We need to do also. Hey, how are you? <laughs> hey, how are you? Uh, hey, how are you? Is the fastest growing trend in the Stevenson Ranch household. That's for sure. I think we were obliterated drunk at like 7 a.m. riding birds. Probably could have caught Dewey's if we were on. I don't know. Can you catch Dewey's on birds? Not a chance. I was perfectly sober. Yeah, you were perfectly sober, yeah. Um, why are you so good at riding birds? I love I, the bird. I'm a big bird um, why, though? enthusiast. You're, I, I think it's, it's maybe it's a little bit of the danger of just yeah, getting smacked by a nice You're Prius. Sick. But no, like I rode one here. I like it better than sometimes getting Kilmer texts me. He's like... Yeah, me and Kilmer cross each other on birds. That's just hilarious. Cruising in downtown you were on a bird too? Out of nowhere. Kilmer, hey, how are you? Did you get, hey, how are you? Did you get me? Hey, yeah, how, are you? how are you, Kilmer? I love that. But the it's, night, uh, the day we go over to eat, 7 a.m. I really did veto Kilmer's. Uh, he's like, Kilmer, I'm going to get some food. You're going to get some food? Yeah, we take like one block. I'm like, ah, I'm going to go to Taco Bell Cantina. <laughs> I hit the Taco Bell right here. I, I love it, man. They got live music in there. Check it out. Let's get. I want to get your temperature on this. What do you think about my album release party at Taco Bell Cantina? I don't know why you'd have it anywhere else. Exactly. My, my exact sentiment. It's a little small. Listen though. Tight space. I was just gonna say. I went over there, right? The door, the big window, opens, so you could literally turn, and, and I could play. To, I could play to the whole street. I like that. And then maybe we cause a commotion. Maybe I get arrested for disturbing the peace. Maybe I don't, don't know. It seems for you, I mean, and this is the old adage, uh, any press is good press. So yeah. I yeah. will say I'm on probation, so maybe we should look yeah, into that. I, I was saying you, you, you did have an incident where I did have an you, incident. you already have been there. Jail is, is, you know, the college days waking up after the, you know, time you maybe get a, I was a big uh, minor in possession guy. Yeah. Yeah, that was my my yep. fence in college. Was yep. uh, was uh, you know walking into a bar at eighteen, had stamps all over your hand, straight to the bathroom. L little gotta go. It's just gotta go. Scrape it off. Find a way to get around it. Maybe hit the bar. Mm. Didn't have a fake. Get caught with it. No, no, not for a while. It's uh, you know, I didn't have the older brother that that looked like me. That was you know had already gone through and it can do the old ID pass back. And yeah. I came across one in, in, in college early on, but those things have a, have a shelf life on them that's pretty low if, yeah. they're, if they're not You were saying you, you order three at a time or something? Yeah, the, used to. They had all, I, I went through maybe every way to try and find a fake ID whenever I was in college. It was I mean, the hottest it, thing going. After, after, fresh, after the freshman year? I mean, I was a redshirt freshman year. It was mostly before, probably before I ever even really yeah, played. After My that, first year it's on campus, not like you could like sneak by people and be like... I, I graduated early, and... All of the stuff didn't happen until the following, you know, August. Right. So I had a good, you know, year and seven, eight months. Looking back. On campus. Looking back the year. So you had a whole year at school. Uh, yeah, were you? Nice. Um, you had a whole year at school on the, on the football team as a red shirt where you, you were essentially like, no one gave a shit about you. You could fuck around and go do whatever, and like people were like, "Yo, it's Johnny Manziel." You know what I mean? That's and looking back on it, I think I was really, really bad at football back then. Like I, I was. What the hell happened? I don't know, man. So a, a, a switch just kind of flipped, and things started to change. It's it's a game of confidence, as anything else is. Is being a pitcher when you were in you know high school or, or yeah. in college, you have to have confidence that you're a fucking bad That's dude. Facts. 
that you have to have this aura about you that you're the fucking man and you got to rock did that it happen, to be though? good. Uh, you, you start getting some things going. You start seeing the field better. You start playing a little better and gaining confidence bit by bit. And I think a lot of it is understanding, you know, a system in the football world that fits you. Mm. And my first year at AM, we had a different coach and his system was really pro style and didn't fit me and what I had been good at in high school. Mm. And, you know, getting a new coaching staff and having a system come in that fit me where I could run around and do things that I was really, really naturally good at, yeah. you know, made it easier. And the longer I was in that system, I continued to get more confidence in it and continued to learn it to, a, you know, a point of where, you know, I, I know that offense like the back of my hand to this day. Yeah. And you were, you were also a kid, yeah. so you probably had a, you know, a bit of physical transformation where you just leveled up. Yeah, I mean, the more time you spend in a college weight room and in a college program, it, it's yeah. really, really good at what they do at turning you know, high school guys into fucking yeah. beasts. And looking back, when you talk about how much fun you had, was freshman, that freshman year when you were nobody, was, did you, did you, were you fucking? Were you just living it up as a regular college student? Or no, what was going I was on? probably a dork that didn't know how to get in anywhere and like was just a guy on the football team and like really worried about going to class and trying to do things. So that was you freshman year? Definitely when I got there. I was a little fish in the big pond, man. I, I didn't. <laughs> That's, I'm trying to imagine. I didn't, uh, <laughs> I didn't know what the fuck I was yeah. at, at all. So were you running it up or no? You you weren't really running it, it up best as you could. Yeah. In your in your apartment. Just drinking fucking. Yeah. Be having drinking a house beers party at the house. One, once every. Yeah. Month. Yeah. The athlete parties are hilarious. Uh, yeah. No. When you talk, we mentioned confidence. I don't know if I've ever really said this, but after I got injured, I mean, I had a, you know, not even close to the amount of people that cared about college baseball, but I had like a really incredible freshman year. Like it was kind of. Almost random, like almost like a godsend. Like, all right, this is the last time we're gonna be good, you know? Because like things just went my way. Um, I also had like a physical improvement. I started throwing a lot harder, you know. But when I look back at that, it's just like I don't know. I don't know if I ever really like in the grand scheme of things. I don't know if I. What the fuck was I? Even? I forgot what I was just gonna say. What the hell was my point? What was my point? <coughs> you gotta love it. No, confidence, confidence. So when I think back, I think back to that freshman year, I had a lot of things go my way where it was just like almost like a godsend, like this was gonna be my last hurrah, you know? And it was the last time I was healthy. But when I think back and I, coming back from the injury, I, had, I completely lost my confidence, completely. Just sitting out and watching my teammates play, and watching the games, I started to think about it. Like I started to think about like, Oh, what are they doing? Why is he, you know, how is he having this success? Like looking at the other guys pitching and what they were doing and game planning where I was, that's not how I pitched. I was just like, I just went out there and attacked and threw. Like I didn't really think and like think about what I was doing with my mechanics. I'm like spending all my time in the fucking mirror, you know, doing air, doing air fucking mechanics. You know what I mean? Like I had turned into this whole different guy. And my dad actually said it to me some years after it passed. And, and it was the first time I really thought about it and realized that, like, I, I wasn't even aware of the mental side, really. I just knew being a dog was, like, just knowing you were the best. That, that really helped, obviously, and that's what made you great. But, like, I didn't know how to work on my mental. I had lost track of, like, who I was and what made me good. And I wonder, like, because I, I always say, like, oh, my arm didn't work again. Like, never worked the same. But I just wonder, I remember throwing, pitching, and just not feeling the same, but I, I wonder how much of it was really a head thing, you know? And I think as I've ironically gotten very much into the, you know, the power of the mind and how you have to have a manage, really manage your thoughts to be great at something. And uh, I had completely lost, it went off the rails mentally, you know? And you said something on Busting with the Boys a few weeks back where you were talking about how you kind of lost confidence in your ability. When did that happen? When you talk about your actual ability to play the game of football, where was that? Was that when you got into the league and it was a higher level of play? Yeah, no, I don't, and I don't think it had anything else to do with the play. I don't think it had to do with the guys that were around because there were times where I, you know, I think I showed good flashes, but I just, you know, there was a sense of doubt that crept into my mind for the first time. Mm -hmm. And, 
you know, a lot of it came with just dealing with the pressure and dealing with everything that was around it. And, you know, I have no shame or no even second thought about calling it what it is because mm. it's just heavy. And it's, uh, if your mind's not right and your mental's not right and you, you aren't, you know, savagely focused yeah. on taking care of yourself and your mind and, and everything that comes with it, it'll eat you alive. And you spend every hour of every day of every week of your, you know, of your life in your head dealing with this, how you're looking at things, perceiving things, seeing things. This is something that it, it's everything. Yeah. And if you don't have it in order and if you have it in a place to where um, doubt can easily creep in and you can second guess yourself and it, and it plays tricks on you, mm-hmm. you'll, uh, you'll, you'll find out a hard way. And, and I remember going down you know, a hole and, and getting my mind into a place where you know, I didn't know if I was ever gonna pop out of it. Yeah. You know, I didn't know if I was ever gonna have good sunny days again. I didn't know if I was ever gonna have happiness or something that I wanted to go out and achieve or, you know. Was this, was this why you were still active? I mean, this, was, this was, was a long period of the last six or seven years of my life mm. and definitely in spurts. And, and I would only pop out of that for, you know, moments here and there when, when I, somehow able to escape it. I definitely didn't know how I got out of it. I just catch some type of wave and, and, and crawl out of it and then crash even harder so coming back the, from it the second time. You didn't, at this time, you didn't have any awareness on trying to, on how, how to manage it or how to get it back or, you know. Not, I mean, not what I know now. Not, I, I think I didn't know myself to a point of what really made me tick, what was good for me and what was bad for me and. Yeah was easily influenced by a lot of people around me. Yeah. If you hang around shit long enough, you're gonna get some on you. And think for a long time I was hanging around bad people and, and it was, you know, my mind was easy manipu- easily manipulated. And you know, I, I, it all comes back to not knowing myself and, and letting this get a little weak. And you have that, you, like even to this day, we talked about last episode, like you have that friendly bone where you just like kind of open arms to, to people and you'll let them right close to you. And you I've always noticed that you always had new people I didn't recognize around you in those in those days, and so it was like a moving, you know, just a, a wide. You still have a lot of friends, but that's just innately in you, and that's a good thing, you know. It's a good thing to be trusting. You want to trust first, you know. That's not that's the way you want to lead your life, but you know, when you're doing when you're doing the wrong things, you know, what I mean, and and you're in the you're on a low frequency, you're gonna we talk about it, you're going to attract that type of shit. So yeah, I think you were attracting some of the wrong people for sure at that time. It is what it is. Yeah, you live and you learn, man, and everything. And you know, still even to this day, yeah. there's mistakes that are made throughout my week daily, <laughs> <laughs> you know, every single day, multiple times a day. And it's just a way I live my life now to you know, try and ask myself for forgiveness on those things and continue to work on it and try and ensure that it doesn't happen again. But life is all of it. I mean, it's all about failing and continuing the process of doing that and trying to learn from it and better yourself from it. Yeah, 100%. Still um, learning through the life, you know? It's, it's, it's a nonstop process of learning it. yourself and, and how to, you know, I tweet, act in different situations. I tweeted something about this. I, I told you I was in the trenches, and uh, I tweeted something about this today. It's, it's ironic how we become unhappy when we're faced with challenges when in reality they're a big part of what life is. Whenever one solved, a new one will surface in due time. Challenges don't bring the unhappiness, though. The expectation we have that life should be easy does. Yeah. And I was watching something. I was watching Eckhart Tolle. He's, he, he wrote The Power of Now. He's a, he's a genius. And he's the best. I love him. But I was, that's what I do. I go to the spiritual content when I, when I feel like I'm low, you know, and it helps bring me out. And usually there's points I just really connect with, and that was, that was part of it. But we have this expectation as humans, you know, I talk about getting trolled and like when things aren't going my way and why can't they do it the way they're supposed to or whatever, um, that, the, that's where the problem lies. The expectation, the perspective, you know what I mean? Like that, my problem is that I'm looking at it expecting everything to go my way. Why? You know, why when obviously I've lived life long enough to know that it's challenge after challenge after challenge. And, you know, all the sayings like, that's life, you know, that's what that's life means. It's like, it's, there's always going to be the tide coming in, the tide coming out. Things are going to go your way for a bit. You know, they're not going to go your way for a bit. But really, if you're, if you just have a perspective switch where you're like, and I, 
I'm not preaching because I right now to this day, I literally yesterday had had to look at my perspective and be like, that's garbage. You know what I mean? I'm not even practicing what I talk about on the podcast because I was looking at it from a woe is me, you know, talking about how selfish you have to Always. be to really be to really be down deep in the and really deep down on yourself and down on life, it takes a bit of nihil, like there's a bit of nihilism in that. There's a bit Why of- Why should you expect life to go perfect there though? Nobody's does. We have does. no reason to. Nobody's does. And, and I, I don't know what it is. And it's, it's you know, throughout, times throughout my day and my week, I have to check myself mm-hmm. and self-talk and, and figure out, you know, what I'm doing right and what I'm doing wrong and, and what my expectations are for myself. For me in golf, that's extremely, extremely hard. I don't know why I expect to take a month off of golf and then come back and play and act like I'm supposed to be the best. And it's just crazy personal expectations I set for myself. And it's good to have high ones, but at the same time have realistic ones or ones that you can continue to try and set further and further. Something but knowing yourself enough to, you know. It's knowing yourself, but it's, it's also just like, it's a blanket perspective switch. And it's really, we're just not wired. We're wired to want everything to be cushy and comfortable as humans but it's like if you can i don't know I'm, I'm working at it i think in some time i can get there where you just like whenever something bad happens right away you're like oh yeah you know this I'm, we're due for one you know or, I, I rock and roll with everything i know there's going to be things that come my way and you know i i even have self-talk with myself and say uh and say this is a day that's going to be a test i'm yeah. getting tested today and i know it i know this day is out of the ordinary i know when i woke up this morning I didn't have it in me when I opened my eyes and rolled over. Yeah. I maybe just don't have it that day. But I, I try to tell myself and allow myself to, to know that I'm being tested and to go through it and fight a little bit harder to get through the trenches. Fire. You're a smart kid. You're a smart guy, buddy. Even though you're not great at beer pong. Let's get into the questions. Let's get into the questions. We're excited to get into this next phase. We got some Fuck segments. We got some segments being rolled out. And I want to start with what I'm really excited about is having our Bought on Lie listeners, Steve Meisters, or we got to come up with a we got to come up with a name for Johnny's fans. We'll we'll, we'll troubleshoot it, but uh, we'll brainstorm it. Nah, you know Dirty how, Mike, you know how Dirty Mike and the Boys, Dirty Mike and the Boys. <laughs> um, and we're also. You know, I'm really excited about this, just opening up a layer of, of, of this to uh, give you all access to Johnny, or, or if you want to ask me a question, I don't know why you would. Pretty much know everything about me at this point. <laughs> but um, yeah, man, we're going to have some, uh, some people send some questions. Let's get into the first one, Steve-O's. Cheers. Hey, what's up, boys? Cheers. Uh, my name's Cole Wright from Fort Worth, Texas, born and raised. Uh, living in the Virgin Islands now, diehard Aggie. Uh, just want to send some love and good vibes your way. Couldn't be more thankful for what both you guys are doing. Um, big role models for me. You know, I really appreciate everything you guys are doing. Um, my question is maybe a topic of conversation. Um, what kind of advice or words of wisdom or stories do you guys have um, for the people that are ready to take that next step in their life when it comes to, you know, wanting to follow a passion? Uh, a creative endeavor, you know, start a business, whatever it is that they're, that those challenges that they're facing, um, I guess when it comes to insecurities, fear, maybe family pushing back on them, um, what are some things that, that, uh, you know, you can say that will, you know, from your life experience that will help them, uh, push through and break those barriers. So, yeah, thank you guys. Much love always. Appreciate you guys. Take care. Sick. I got fucked. Sick. That's awesome. Step one is he has, I mean, you have to find out what you want to do and where you want to go with it and what you have a passion for. With that, you know, for me in my life at least, you know, I take advice from my parents. I, I, I take advice from my family and the people that are, that are around, but the majority of the decisions that I make are sponsored by what I believe in and what I know to be true in my life and what I want to do and where it's going. Yeah. So for me with the golf stuff, this is something what I want to do. And, you know, critics and, and fear and, and doubt are there no matter what. Mm. Are you going to make it? Is, is this actually going to work? If you believe in yourself enough and believe in what you're doing enough, you know, you can make anything work. This is a beautiful country and a beautiful place to be that we're, 
you, know, you have the opportunity. If you want to work at anything, for the most part, if you put enough time and work your ass off on it enough, music, sports, whatever it is, even creating a business. If you work hard enough at it and you do it and you go put in the work, good things usually happen. And uh, I'm good on it. And, uh, you know, all the fear and everything else that comes with it, that's a part of it. Yeah. You just kind of got to revel in it. Yeah. Um, I have an interesting point, and it's a bad example for you and even for me a bit, but mainly for you just because you actually do have a bunch of people that give a fuck and, like, it's at a broad scale. Like, when you get to a level of fame and people paying attention and knowing who you are and people invested, whether it's fans of the teams or whatever, you have you have an absurd amount of people, very rare amount of people that are interested and give a fuck. My point is this. No one gives a fuck. Everyone who's on fucking planet Earth, whether they look like it or not, is going through something. And... Everyone's so in their own head about what the... They're thinking about everything going on in their lives. They don't give a fuck what's going on in your lives. It, like, if, like, the pressure... Everyone's like, yo, I see this shit on Instagram. Like, yo, thanks to the haters. Like, just regular people saying this shit. And it's just like... Even that, that, that perspective itself... Like, I get that you get, use it as fuel, but it's just like... It's already leaning or coming from a negative place. In the sense of, like a perspective shift, no one gives a fuck. Unless you're like an A-list guy or like very popular person, like no one's even fucking giving any thought because they're just so wrapped up in their own shit. Like they wanna, you know, your parents, like of course, they wanna see you succeed and be happy and there's probably some ego in that. The parents, oh, my kid's doing well and he went on to do this or that and it makes them feel good and makes them, it affirms that they did a good job yeah. as parents. Ton of ego in that. Really, your parents, bro, at some point, our parents die. Like, we're going to die someday. One point, we're going to be alone. Like, you're going to be alone. Like, your mom and dad, you're going to be the oldest in the family. You're going to be the leader. You know what I mean? And when they're gone, what the fuck does it matter if they agreed with your decision when you were 23? No doubt. You know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't fucking matter. And most people are wrapped up in caring about this shit, and it breeds this fear and like this illusion of like oh i gotta be careful like i have to have this perfect track record in life so no one's judging me and like ooh, the people back at fucking two kids that bullied me back in the day like they're watching i gotta i gotta succeed fuck you guys like it's just not no one's even thinking about it they don't give a fuck no one cares yeah, a lot of the stuff that you think of, of public perception of other people and and none of it really matters at all it doesn't you, you matter could be more right it's all a facade mm. Do what makes you happy. Do do what you want to do. Do your own path. I like that my I, I I like that I'm different. Yeah. You know I like that I'm off the path a little bit and think a little bit differently and do shit differently. Yeah. You know I, I know what I believe in. I'm very. Uh, your life's gonna be a lot more interesting for being who you are. Yeah. You I'm cool with it. I'll take the dots. I'll take the spots on the past. I'll take it yeah, all. You can take I'll take it. it all in stride. Makes you. Makes I don't you hide from shit, man. Yeah. Every little thing, good, bad, failure, this, that. Fuck it, rock with it, let's roll. And the same thing we said on the last episode in regards to his question, it's just like Jim Carrey's speech when you could fail at doing something you don't like. So you gotta fail going for it, you know what I mean? It's gonna be, again, it's, it's your life, man. Like, it's, you're gonna, you could be- yeah, own it. Blue made own the it. point, one of the bald on lies I think about, like, you could be in bed with your wife and sleep next to your wife for 30 years. Every night you've been in bed alone. Because you're in your head with your thoughts and you have, you know, you have, that's who you have to live with. If your wife's nice and comfy and doesn't know you've been a dickhead sleeping nice and comfy next to you, is it easy for you to sleep next to her after you've been fucking off and doing the wrong shit? No, you're in your head, you know what I mean? So it doesn't, it, it's a one player game. We've talked about this, you know what I mean? And you have to, you have to lead your life, especially it, it, it at a young always, age. It always will be. It always it will always be, will be. even when you have people depending on you. Yes, you know, it can shift. You have to take care because your kids are a part of you and, and that's and that's real. But like the overall, like the overall I, idea behind this is just like, dude, you're the only one that's going to have to live with the choices. If you knew you were supposed to go do something and you didn't try, you're going to fucking kick yourself for the rest of your life. It's going to be hard for you to sleep at night. And you don't want to do that. So if you have any possibility or chance or even a window 
even if you really don't think you do. Send it. Think about that again, you know, and go for it because I get, guess, like, guess what? Your mom and your dad, they're not going to disown you because you went and you quit your fucking comfy job and you went after something you loved. And guess what? If you're happy in three years, you don't think that's all they care about deep down? You know what I mean? Like, if you're in a good vibe and you're, you're feeling good about life because they're, they're adults and they know how hard it is to be happy and consistently happy. So if you're doing something that you love and it's not the same income, but you're, you're happy, you know, your parents would be just as happy, just as ecstatic. They'd be happier than seeing you work your ass off and miss shit with your kids and do all the shit that, you know, they did themselves probably, you know? So you got to go for it. That's, that's the answer. All right, next. I already submitted a video, but I'd rather you guys use this one uh, for Johnny. Uh, what skills as a quarterback do you think have best translated to your life after football? Uh, you know, what kind of leadership skills do you use in your business life and, uh, and you know, people skills, you know, in your, in your personal life? Another very thoughtful question. Yeah, good question. I mean, I, I think the, the biggest thing for me is just I got a chance at Texas A&M to really, like, command, you know, the utmost respect and attention from a, a group of an offense, the guys that changed over the couple years. Just how these guys responded to me. I got to uh, have a great leadership role there. I got to, uh, yeah. you know, I had guys that believed in me and got a chance to really look and know who I was as a dude and know that I would fight. fight. And I think that, uh, you know, that's translated over and just – how I'm taking my taking my life right now, I think. I'm just continuing to try and have that mindset of being a leader and what I can be these days. You know, I wouldn't say our business is, uh, you know, we're not a logistics company. We're not. But, uh, yeah, or, yeah. We got good ideas, though. I mean, we do. And we rock with it. We try and, uh, you know, command the troops around here. I know when Kilmer's got the old cigarette in the air, it's... We're in for one. We're, we're, we're in for a... Uh, we're in for one. We're, we're, in for, we're in for a good treat. Yeah, I mean, dude, uh, I actually just never, I never really had that thought when you, uh, being a guy, like a football team's a big team, one. Two, there's a lot bigger, stronger guys on the roster. Three, like everyone's coming from different backgrounds. There's also a head coach. You're kind of like the player coach. It really does take an, a, a big set of communication skills and just overall personal skills to have the whole team buy into you as the leader, you know, as even just if you're talking about the offense as the leader and having the confidence in you. It takes, it definitely, I never really thought of that, but that you are a real people I mean, person. The, the locker I mean? rooms taught me a lot about meeting a ton of different people from different walks of life from all over mm. the world. You know, I've been, I've played for fucking feels like a thousand football teams by now. Yeah. I've bounced around a thousand leagues going and continuing to try and play a little bit, but you know, I've got to know guys from from everywhere and those people people skills translate into my daily life. Every, every single place I go, yeah. every single thing I do. From I mean like business you're like a, to yeah. going out and about because oh well, for me I'm I run into people, you know, almost every day just in my daily life, whether it's going to eat or, you know, going out or, or playing golf or whatever it is. So I interact with a lot of people and I just feel like, you know, having known as many people as I've got to and being in as many locker rooms has translated nice into business and everything else. To just uh, have a good feel and a good read for how people are. Mm. It's almost like you get a little, you know, throughout my time of the rise and everything has taught me uh, almost like a mini degree in psychology for the most part and how people think and how people move and you know, it's funny, last night me and Blue were out and, you know, you watch this guy walk at you and he's kind of doing the double, triple take and, you know, he does, makes a lap around the bar and then comes back the other way and does it again and then kid runs up and, like, asks for a picture and I'm kind of like, it's so goofy to me. I, mm. I can't, I cannot, I absolutely, to my core, cannot take a picture with you just simply because I'd rather you just came up and asked. Yeah. I'd yeah. rather you just keep it I a mean, buck. you might have been nervous, though. You might it's all just, good. You might send just, it. Send it. You might have just been a little nervous. Just keep it a buck. Yeah, they don't know what to expect. They probably think you're gonna be like, "Fuck off." No, you gotta keep it a bug, bro. I'm the <laughs> nicest dude in the world. Anybody can come up anytime, but that's fat. I don't, I don't like the. Uh, just send it. If you got a question, come ask it. We're just people. Here we go. We're, we're just guys. Great segue into our next question. What's up, Steve? What's up, Steve? I'm Sank. 
happy Memorial Day. Hope you are kicking it this weekend. Just wanted to stop by and tell you guys I'm a huge fan of the show. Johnny, first of all, huge, used to be a huge fan of you as the football player. I'm an even bigger fan of you as the person now after listening to the show. Your positivity, your energy, everything you put out. Love super that. impactful to me. Improves my life, so thank you for doing your thing. You too, Mike. Love your positivity. Love your energy vibe. Love the show. Love Boom. your music too. I've been bumping Rodman all weekend. Banger. Also, Thanks. every girl I know, I feel like has these days on her playlist. Just goes to show it's a banger. Turn up. Bigger than you probably realize for this generation. Turn so up. a couple questions. First off, I want to start with you, Mike. As a music creator, I'm pretty into music. Uh, how does uh, smoking impact your creative process? I heard like cause some rappers, like ASAP Rocky, will say like, nah, they don't like to smoke when they're making music. But like, just curious how it affects you. Johnny, also huge fan. Crazy stories I've read online. Um, there was a story, apparently somebody said you beat Texas and then showed up to one of their frats after the game. I was just wondering if that's true, and if it is, can you confirm and maybe tell the story? But either way, love you guys. Would love to kick it with you guys, catch a vibe sometime in the future. For also, sure. I'm a journalism, digital media major. I was just going to so say that. content or help with content, I'd be happy to I was create. just going to say that. Free. So, let know. Cheers, boys. You're hired. Dennis Rodman, 1997. So let's get it. He's still going. Jack Fox. <laughs> what a legend. I gotta meet this guy. Dude, dude, that guy fucks. You gotta meet this guy. Uh, I'll, tell him, I'll tell him a good story. Uh, I was uh, just gonna say he has a future I, I, in journalism. I, I like the fact that he asked. I, for some reason, I was thinking about this today. Of one of the. Can I have another high noon, Steve O's? One of the better, kind of crazier stories from before the fame and then after. All of my boys in my whole life, I, I wanted to go to the University of Texas. It's where I wanted to go. It's, it was my, my favorite school. I was a huge Vince Young fan. Colt McCoy was all about it. Thank you, Baba. All of my boys from Kerrville, the majority of them went to the University of Texas. Like I said, I graduated early. My first spring, all my boys were a year older than me. They were already freshmen at you know, Kappa Sig and Fiji and all these parties. And I was, you know, I grew up in Kerrville around a bunch of frat boys and. You got a little frat in you. I, I definitely had a, a lot more frat in me back in the day. Definitely high black Nike socks with Sperry loafers oh, yeah. and basketball shorts every day. I remember seeing the pictures every when I first day. started seeing I, I would, would have 15 pairs of Sperrys and I hooped in these things. I did everything. These are my go-to. You're such a dork for that. Every day. Hey, you are what you are, Steve, and you know what you know. You know all, what all you I know. All I was was a little podunk boy from fucking Kerrville. Keep ashing on this expensive ass couch. Awesome. So, it's hate a commercial to see it. break. Hate to see it. <laughs> so, uh, my first, you know, my first semester in college, I'm rolling. I finally, you know, save up enough money to drive down to Austin, go stay with my boys for a, you know, a nice little frat weekend. I used to have this Fiji phone party and a bunch of parties on this the phone parties. On this weekend. That we was a guaranteed, guaranteed you were at least getting a hand job at a phone party. And There's no way you leave a phone, a phone party and then get an over the pants, little OTP HJ. All right, back, back to you. <laughs> I go to this party and hanging around these bales of hay with all these mini pools out like at, at this at this at this frat house and this guy comes up and he bumps into me he's fucking wasted bumps into me and i step into the pool i'm like fucking pissed stand back up and the guy comes back from getting a beer and fucking checks me again boom back in the pool at this point in time you know i would probably just send it and snap on anybody He's walking around the long way of the pools, and finally I just say, fuck it. Run right through each and every pool that's standing in my way and just absolutely hammer this fool. Wow. Arms out, <laughs> falls right back into he the kiddie pool. Right the fuck. I have no idea, bro. It's so bad. Still feel bad about this to this day. Shout out to him. Yeah, apologies. I, I'm a I better love that person we've, for it now. We've let off these. We've got some apologies off our chest these last I, few Sometimes episodes. you just got to make amends, and this is one that I think feel like I'm ready to make. I'm happy you are. Twisting the, t twisting the tail. Um, hit the guy, walk just, luckily the exit, you know, you throw the punch and you see him fall and you just walk straight out the exit in the front door into the streets. Got a little fight spillage out into the streets. We're getting a little brawl. 
A couple of my boys, a couple of theirs. Let's see where it goes. That drama ends. Unfortunately, never getting any kind of trouble. Hopefully, you know, still can't get in any kind of trouble. Nevertheless, um, go back to College Station. Have, a, have another, you know, semester of college through summer, win the starting job in fall, go on to win the Heisman in December. Next spring comes around. Got to go back to the frat house. <laughs> have to go back to the frat party. You're on your victory lap. It was, you it was just the won best the best time I'd ever had. What do you mean? Nothing's different. I can still be a fucking party frat boy. Woo! Nobody's going to know. Go to Austin. It's a Jersey, it's a Jersey party. You got to have a fresh Jersey. You got to hit the dicks. The Academy. Tell me, tell me you wore a Manziel one. I wore a Tim Tebow Jets jersey. That's, that's even better. <laughs> that's so good. Had a party in the Tebow jersey. Um, no. <sighs> Friday night rolls around. We're going to go back to that same house from the year before. Same bales of hay, same pools, same phone party there. Place sounds like a fucks. Good time. Just hanging out, you know, catching the vibe. <laughs> All out of nowhere, about a thousand beers starting raining down on me. All these guys from the frat are on the top row. Everybody just start chunking beers at me. They realize who I am, tell me to get the fuck out, and all hell breaks, breaks loose. And I remember waking up the next day and being on ESPN, ESPN. all over the place. Yeah. Me walking out and a fucking one of my boys like draped around me and people just hailing fucking beers down on us. Didn't take kindly. Like I said, again, I wholeheartedly apologize. Um, yeah. End up the weekend, another party on a Saturday, hit it in the Tebow jersey, send it, had a full send it to get you back. Went, you, double, you double dipped the Tebow double down. jersey? Different frat, we'll find one that'll accept this. I love us. that. We'll you were, find one you were that'll, riding that high we'll, on, we'll, the, on we'll the Tebow jersey. We'll find one that'll accept us. They, yeah. they won't take us there, we'll find another one the next day that'll take us. Unbelievable. So the, uh, the good old send in the Tebow jersey, um, you know, Crazy how uh, one year difference can make, and obviously they didn't take kindly to my uh, antics yeah. from the year before. Yeah. Uh, was that when you first realized that you can't do shit? Well, you still went on to do I, fuck I, shit. Yeah, I, I was about to say I don't I was know. Say I don't, I don't think anyway. that's the point that I realized. I just felt like I had a fucking off weekend or something. <laughs> You're like, ah, I had a bad fucking. weekend. <laughs> Everyone's gonna forget who I am next weekend. Yeah, just just brush it off. I'll be fine. Go straight back to the bars next weekend. Same thing happens. It was a never-ending, like, long cycle of me trying to live a normal life and just completely raging whenever. You literally you know, have more of a passion for just, like, being one of the guys. I want to be one of the guys. I know. I, I want to, and now my life is in a point of where I'm getting back to normalcy a little bit. Still, you know, it's, it's different than it used to be. You get a great, you really do have a great, like, you're, we're, like, around the same level of, like, notability right now in certain places. Love that. You know what I mean? I love that. But, like, not in places that are, like, college football haven. And never, you know? If we go to a, if we go to a, bar, Nashville, if we go to a bar town that, that likes yeah, music yeah. and sports and Because I've been like doing that, it long enough, and you've, you've been done for long enough. Where and like, it doesn't help that we do this podcast and then walk around together looking like fucking... Wearing bottom lie hats, like... <laughs> I wonder why doing people are coming buds. up to me today. We doing were out, chug we, buds in the corner. We were out the other day, like two chug buds in our back pocket. I have a ball, don't lie hat on. We're I'm like, fuck, man. They must I don't know think, why, they must I don't think know why we're, we're in this fucking hat. They literally must think we're in character. Like me and Johnny, <laughs> Johnny's on a scooter. I'm fucking blasted, ripping chug buds in front of the Predators, going into the Predators game. Like they have to think we're cartoon characters at this point. But it just is what it is. It's the truth. Let's do one uh, more. I like, I like his question, though, that he asked you. Um, Oh fuck! What was about, yeah, yeah. about does does smoking Im impact your yeah for sure crea creative process? I literally had a thing where I went on a rant in the studio in Montana. I'm just baked in Montana. Like had this beautiful view. I made so much like good ideas there. And uh, Kilmer comes in. He's just filming me, and I'm just like, I remember I did I approached this beat when I was sober at another place, maybe I wasn't sober. I'm usually smoking while I'm working, to be honest. But regardless, I had a whole different take on this same beat. And then I was in Montana and like heard the beat and I had this whole other take on it. And, you know, I'm smoking and I was like a gray high and I'm looking at the view and I'm just like, it was like where I like had my first experience where I actually had like, I found the truth. And I, like the truth is, 
that like I don't take credit for the ideas even though they're mine and a lot of people have ego and like yo I come up with good ideas I execute I talk to Cody about this all the time like forget why forget you're good at all that but do you ever think about how why you why does your mind you don't think everyone else wants to be good at that why you you know and for me now it clicked for me that day in Montana where I was just like it's just about getting myself to a position to receive the ideas. Like, if I'm taking care of myself and I'm having fun, I feel like I'm living a balanced life and I'm overall have the right intentions and shit, and I'm, I know I'm working towards being better, whether it's meditating or taking care of my body or whatever it may be, when I'm high on that frequency and then I'm smoking, you know, we talk about the weed, like, I literally said to Kilmer, I was like, you know, like the weed, this weed could get part of credit in this song. You know, and he's like, you'd be a legend if you just broke off from publishing to, <laughs> the, the blunt. But like, that'd be hard. I should just, I got to sign, I'm going to sign the artist the blunt and it's just going to be me giving credit to the blunt. Um, so I still get the publishing. But dude, uh, you know, we're vessel. I, I really, I really feel like when you talk about like getting rid of your ego, and I know that's a big conversation. And most people don't even realize that they're like completely identified with their ego. I used to be that person. That was it. I don't know. If, I mean, for me, it's just such a simple thing that is that is in everybody. Everybody has a little bit of it. And of course. I, I always view it as, yeah. You know, it's it's hard to get over yourself, bro. Mm. It, it's hard to. Well, Take think yourself about out of the center of your world at every point in time. We're, we're like, we're seeing the world through these eyes, you know what I mean? So we just have, and we have our own thoughts and everyone else is just supporting like roles in our movies. So we're just like wired to expect that everything's revolving around us because that's what it looks like, you know? It's what it looks like through our eyes for the most part. And I, I was definitely one of those people. But now, you know, in regards to the weed, like, I, I really do, I wouldn't smoke if I felt like it made me lazy and, I, and uninspired. And I've changed the way that, you know, I've always, I've always been a smoker. Uh, yeah. It's always something that I feel like is. How early me. were you smoking weed? I mean, probably really didn't start smoking until, you know, 16 or 17, yeah. 18. Well, that's what I didn't smoke until I was 21. But I used to smoke in a, in a way different fashion. I used to smoke to just blitz myself and just, now I smoke way more um, casually and way more as like almost type of like a meditating to calm my mind a little bit and relax at the end of a day and yeah. do things like that. Um, you know, I used to be a wake up and smoke and just that was what I like, uh, just pushing it to the max, pedal to the metal on it all the time. Mm. And I found myself changing on that and using it as something, as, as a tool to really help myself. And help myself slow my brain down and get away it's from the world for a little bit. Absolutely. It's, because at the end of the day, I need that. I, I need to get off this. I need to get out of this. And I need to just yeah. be for a little bit. Yeah. Just 100%. go sit in my backyard and just chill and just take some time to myself and yeah. catch a vibe with the world. Yeah. And it's interesting we're in a transformative time where the medicinal side of marijuana is like obviously being revealed and it's becoming recreational. And it's, normalized places we've been it's very normalized we smoke every day all that type of shit but you could it's interesting we're in a funny phase because there's still some people on the internet like yeah talking about life put down the pot man <laughs> yeah, yeah bro like i literally and i'm just like they they obviously live in like a place that hasn't hasn't legalized it yet and like grew up in a family that said that's the devil's let it you know like you can't smoke that shit like which is really insane i can't I, like I, I do see it sometimes too like these guys just sitting crazy. around smoking a blunt, talking like, like bro, all the most successful people I know smoke, get high, do all types of shit. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's actually here's what I'll say about drugs in general. I know you just asked about weed, but even just like I do psychedelics, you know, I I, I really go where the wave takes me, and I don't judge it. I've been a big believer in that too, which is something that we haven't talked about very much. But the psychedelics and 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 things of that nature of if used in a proper setting and doing it the right way are. are are very beneficial yeah without a doubt they've been mind. huge for me like my, my change of just understanding like that um it's a fucking big ass world and like it's not just this little bubble that i've been stuck in you know and that was a huge we went out to that's a big realization that i think a lot of people don't get out you know get in their mind for a while i know that they're in this little controlled environment and little bubble i mean 
on the big grand scheme of things, on the big picture thing, like you're a small dot in such a small, yeah. small thing in the entirety of the world. Yeah. It, people kind of, on it, I talk about this in the wine kitchen, it's, and people would all, you'd say it's hippie stuff, but it's really genuinely how I feel. It's just like, dude, we're, we're on a, like, we're on a rock spinning through the fucking space. Like, people forget the wonders of what's happening. When I talk about, I used to never look at a sunrise. Now I'm watching that shit and I'm like, what the fuck is this shit? It looks like a movie to me. You know what I'm saying? And I think psychedelics had a, had a role in that. I think, bro, I remember I was literally in Joshua Tree. We went out with the purpose. Because I, I do psychedelics, but I just microdose mainly. I'm not really turning up ever on it. No. But... We went out to Joshua Tree. I wanted, I was knew I was ready for like a breakthrough, and I had an amazing breakthrough. This music that I've made, this sound, the mic sound, where it's like this more feel good shit. It's not all rap and like ego music. I used to just write about fucking bitches and money. And of course, shit. it's whack. I literally had the awakening there. I was listening to Casey Musgraves, who she was in our section the other night. Yeah, and. I didn't say anything to her. Hey, Papa Steve was really, really harsh. Said absolutely nothing to her. I froze. I was doing chug buds. She walked by me with the other girl. I'm like, I look stupid right now. I don't want to talk to her. I look like an so asshole. He's got this mental doubt going forgets. through his head. I hope she forgets. Everything we talk about on the show, Mike's sitting there and gets around a girl like that and just loses all What was his I doing? Fluid, I was like standing behind her. Like, I was like, John, I was like. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. Fuck. Talk about crazy universe shit. Oh. One, you land, they're like, oh, the Preds hit you right away. Like, come to the game. Playoff game. Love that. Thank, thank you, Nashville yeah, shout Preds. Out to them. That, was, that was awesome. What a great environment. Yeah, that was sick. Anyways. We go. Um, me and John get our tickets. We're with some Tings. We're with some other people, you know. We're going to the Chuck Bud section. I literally said, like, we had two tickets, and then there was a group of four people that had four tickets. So me and Johnny went our way, and they went their way. Um, and we literally like, yo, we're going to the chug bud section. We literally said that. We go up, people direct us. We're like, we don't know what the fuck we're doing. We're like asking people like, oh, we're right up there. We go up to the sweet section. We're like, cool, they got us sweets. It's pretty sweet. <laughs> no pun intended, guys. And uh, we go into the wrong suite. Well, turns out we didn't even have a suite. We we're on the wrong floor. We we're on the wrong section. So we learned that. We go into the first suite. We're like, yo, what's up, guys? Like, we're thinking maybe they put us in a suite with some other people. So we're like, are we supposed feeling to mingle? Yeah, we're feeling it out. They're looking at us. I'm like, oh, they, they you know, they, they, they noticed Johnny, which they did. But I'm thinking my head goes to that. But dude comes over, big, big ass dude. He comes over. He's like, turns his hat around. It's fucking chug bud hat. Chances of that. I literally hit Foley and I was like, yo, how many Chug Bud hats have we sold? Because we only sold them on the Chug Bud site and only for a limited time. He's like 112. So the random suite that we walk into after I just said we're going to the Chug Bud section, just making a joke, because we had Chug Buds in our pocket. Definitely. For the, the blind, we had faith that we would end up on the Jumbotron. Maybe they would feature you or whatever. And we we're going we to rip and, a Chug and Bud. And we ran into a little problem when we were getting beers, too. Nashville, God bless their little hearts in their in their stadium. They sell Mondo Mon fucking beers. <laughs> the fucking water like big boys. Leaders of fucking beer. So yeah. we go to put the chug butt on as universal and just uh, groundbreaking as this thing is. It is fits on a small can, fits on a big can, except the really, really big can. Yeah. And these things wouldn't fit. To a couple more shops and find a couple small beers. I, I think we. So we're literally walking in. Like, imagine like a guy with a chug bed hat. Mind you, we've sold a hundred of them in the world. We walk in. Me and Johnny Manziel mosey into his suite. We have like eight beers between us. <laughs> literally, everyone's. We're just holding beers. And the dude turns his hat around. I'm like, I literally like, yeah, I like my my the, the system glitch. Like the I, simulation I glitch. I, I geeked on it too. I geeked on it, and I was like, we were at. So, anyways. We take pictures. Give the guy a chug bud. Yeah, we take pictures one, with him. We do a chug. He form. does a chug bud. I do one. Look at the baby. Look at the baby. <laughs> we're, we take pictures. We walk out. We're like, oh, fuck. We got to go up. All right, we're going to go up to our seats because we weren't in the suites. We walk by the next suite. I noticed the dude fucking uh, James Neal is his name, right? Yep. James Neal. And you had just played golf with him that day. You, you had missed it. 
So I'm like, yo, that's your boy right there. Oh, shout out to Neil. He's a legend. Yeah, he is a legend. And I had spoke with, I had never met him in person, but I had spoke with him. Cool dude. And then Kelly James, shout out Kelly James, legend. legend. Played a show with him 10 years ago. Yeah, if you um, don't know Kelly James, man, what a guy. Yeah, great guy. I got fucks. We were having a heart to heart in there. It was a great time. His dad was there. Fucking then Casey Musgrave stands up, walks over and just looks at me with a doll face. And I was like, yo, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> like that whole span of, of that whole span of events was just like, was whoa. It was, yeah. it was a good night. I take them as winks from the universe that like, hey man, you're, you're doing the right thing. I always you know? hate going and getting, you know, going to a game, team invites you to a game, you go to it and then they have a, you know, soul crushing overtime soul loss. Soul crushing. To get knocked out of the, uh, the playoffs. Soul crushing. Um, I know I didn't bring the bad energy into the building. So. We, d we were, we did, how many chocolate bars did we do in that section? A couple, more than one. No, 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 we did, the the overall section was double digits, for sure. The thing I like is introducing the uh, the chug bud to people. Yeah. I mean, we might as well say it now, Johnny is a part owner in chug bud. I, uh, it's, it's a new, let's give a round funny. of applause from the gallery. I, I had this epiphany that you well, are luckily Chuck. Luckily, me and Blue are Chuck Bud. You are Chuck Bud alone. We, we all are Chuck Bud in our own way, but like you are Chuck Bud, you know? So the only guys that I'll let into the company, you have to be a Chuck Bud. Of course. So it's good to have you on no, board. That's a great honor, Steven. It's, I mean, I know the husband's cool, but. No, this is pretty great. <laughs> to be the face of Chuck Bud, one of the faces. That's the highest honor. You guys didn't do Chuck Buds? We don't time? have any. We've been over this before. Did you give them out to every broad in Nashville? That's what you're supposed to do. How is this called product management? Sure. You got to get it out to the masses. And that's why you're on the roster. Yeah, got to be. I'm proud to be. Do you want to go to Broadway? Let's go to Broadway, shall we? Yeah. Cheers. Bottom line, bottom line. Hey, hey, hey. Bottom line, bottom line. Show your side, Bottom line, bottom line. It's to your side, yeah. Never has. I like it a lot, yeah I got the rock in my hand, bitch, so we got a shot, yeah. They don't speak my language, we don't gotta talk uh. We've been gone for days and they don't gotta stop I like it a lot, like it a lot, shoot your shot I need space, some smoking on some NASA Tidal wave, at the crib, let's throwing after Either way, you could stay or you could crash it Tidal wave, you could hear them waves crashing